What's up, everybody? I'm Derek from State Champs, and I'm hanging out here with Rob from Front Row Live. Derek, what's up, man? It's so good to reunite with you. It's been some time since we last spoke, and I'm super excited that now it's the time for another record. Um, you have been teasing some music with this upcoming record, and your most recent single, "Everyone But Everybody But You, is just another masterpiece from the State Champs uh, discography. So uh, congratulations with the new track, and uh, I really want to dive in and talk about the creative process of this track in particular. Yeah, man, it's cool. It feels like it's been way too long, uh, but it, it's our fourth record. So we're just grateful to still be doing it and uh, lucky enough to have our best record yet. So it's cool to be following it up and taking the necessary time and like, you know, spending the right time on this rollout. You know, we've kind of been like teasing our fans for so long that there's going to be new music for like the past year. And that's the reality of it is the album has been done for so long. It's been done for about a year now, but we've just been making sure that we're going to do this the right way. If we've had to take the last couple of years off from everything and like, you know, everything's slowed down a lot we wanted to come back with a bang and uh, i'm glad we took the necessary time so it feels good now nice and this time it seems like it's the first time you're working with drew folk as producer is that right um, yeah it's our first time so i mean what made you want to work with drew uh this time around and you know how what's this uh chemistry been like between the band and drew at the same time we knew we wanted to try somebody new this time. Um, we, we've definitely done records where we've gone back to people that we're comfortable with and that's worked in ways and it hasn't worked in ways. And then we've been also thrown into the mix with people that we've known nothing about. So this time it was totally different as well. Obviously, Drew, we'd never worked with him before, but he had become highly recommended by like peers, bands that we know that we've toured with that have like hyped him up so much and by our management and our team as well, who which we trust as like also. But looking into it, we didn't think it really made sense right off the bat. He's more of like a hard rock he's like a metal guy i think this is his first real like pop punk record but uh we met with him and we had done some writing before we went in to actually do kings of the new age to do the whole record process where we wrote a few songs recorded a few songs and there was chemistry right away there really was i think he's an incredible producer he's also a really really talented songwriter so that helped a lot with us when it comes into uh this record process in particular we brought so many song ideas Obviously, for this this record process, we had the most time that we've ever had. So I think we wrote the most song ideas that we ever have either. There's probably like 30 or 40 song ideas going into this record. So finding the right ones, finding how they mesh together, how we build a track list out of all these different ideas that don't necessarily sonically make sense together. Drew is a big part of that as far as like making the track list work and making the dynamic um, sonic sound of the whole record uh, cohesive. So that worked awesome. He's a great guy. Going back to that writing process with him, um, you know, how do you feel like he helped you be a better songwriter uh, for this record in particular, especially with all the 30, 40 tracks that you guys did create together for this album? I think a lot of people that we've written songs with before or just producers in general, everybody has a different process. And I don't think there's a right or wrong way. That's what I always say. But what I really liked about Drew is he didn't seem to have so much of a formula that's his that creates an end product. What he really did was dive into what we wanted to do and what our vision was for the record and, and what I took from him, what I kind of stole from him as far as his process goes is he'll always just stop while we're, while we're recording something or we have a certain idea and he's be like, okay, honestly, like, I think this is cool, but does it really make me feel something? He, he's always done that. He's always been like, uh, I, I really like a song. I enjoy a song if it makes me feel something. And I don't know what that feeling is, but if it makes me feel something, then I know we're in the right place. So I actually stop and do that every time we write a song now. Every time I'm writing a song that's for State Champs, that's for a different band that I'm co-producing or co-writing with, I'm always like, I think about Drew every single time now. Is this making me feel something? Do I, are we there? 
Otherwise, we got to take a step back and go back and make us feel something. It, it's such a weird thing. It sounds kind of cheesy, but it's true. And, and that all came from Drew. It's interesting how, you know, each record has obviously a different producer. Uh, some of the records have the same producer, like Kyle Black was there a couple times. Um, mm-hmm. But during these new experiences with new producers, like how does that really change the direction or the identity of, of that potential record? Um. I think it still comes down to us and the general idea that we want to do making a record. Obviously producers will benefit like, and and they'll, they'll definitely make an impact on the total like end product. But I think we took a lot of time since I said we had, you know, whatever, two years to make this. We, we literally, as, as the four of us in the band, we sat down, we were like, where, what do we really want to do here? Are we trying to match a certain sound? Are we trying to follow certain trends? And that wasn't the case. Well, but we also do keep that in mind. We know that times are changing and there's a big revival happening and there's certain ups and downs in the pop punk world and in the rock music world, alternative music in general. But um, we knew that we wanted to just make songs that we loved. And we did know that we wanted to not take ourselves so seriously when thinking about the trend setting and, you know, making sure that we stay on a certain path. We think we, if anything, we kind of went back to our roots on this album where it's like, we, there's a little bit of a youthful sense and a nostalgic sense. And it brings us back to the idea of songs we wanted to make when we first started the band, when we were making the finer things, our first album. So there's a lot of like homage and tribute to that, but also I think, um, a sense of of modern approach to this as well, where we're kind of tying in the new the new wave and the old school, and that ultimately makes Kings of the New Age. So, like I said, it was a lot of trial and error, but ultimately we're still making the songs that we want to make. No one's telling us what to do, and uh, that's that's what's most important to us. I was going to ask you about that because I do get that kind of sense. I feel when I listen to this new song, I feel like you kind of went back to your to your original like your older material and just you know not necessarily redid them but just kind of found that middle ground between that old material to the new stuff that's coming out today um how would you say that like how would you say that you felt challenged during this process just because it's you know you want obviously you want it to still be state champs but at the same time you want it to evolve in some way um but how did you keep that uh i mean what was that like for you I think it was it was interesting because there's some songs on this record that that we had been sitting on for a long time in some way, shape or form. So some of these songs like didn't really take shape, even though we had the idea for it over the past like year and a half. But with everybody but you, for example, for the new song, that one was just like towards the end of the process when we really didn't feel like we had the one like the one song. We're like, we didn't really have that yet. So we need to go back and like spend a day. So everybody but you was written in the course of like a few hours. It was the one that took the least amount of time out of all of them. Um, but yeah, you know, it's got punchy, like pop punk straight, like, you know, like on the nail, right? Like, like uh, of a vibe, but it also has like trap beats in it. So it's like, it's, it's, it's such a different, unique blend of old school meets new school, which was what I was t- touching on before. Um, it's funny how like a lot of people are saying, this reminds me of old state champs. This is like the finer things This is why I love the band. It's like, you know, that they're, they're like the, the whole first verse is, is like a hip hop song, you know, like if you really listen to it. So it, it, it's got such a dynamic that makes so much sense. Ultimately, no one's going, this doesn't sound like the state champs. I know nobody's saying that, 
But if you really do listen to it and try to compare that and think that that song could sound like could be on the finer things, it could not. Cause I think it sounds way better. It's probably the best written song that we have. And there's just so many different elements to it, but ultimately it's me singing on it. So it's going to sound like state champs. I get it. But um, it's just interesting to me to see the blend and the uh, progression that's happened while also like staying true to our roots. So I think it worked. So we love that. <laughs> now, as far as your vocals, how did you, uh, how did you step out of your comfort zone this time around? Um, Cause you know, I feel like, it's one of those things where like that first and the third record are usually the most difficult ones. And then the fourth record, it's like you're still kind of navig like living off of what the third record might have done. Um, and I feel like the fifth and sixth, like that's when you start to kind of change your stuff a little bit more. But with this record, like how did you step out of your comfort zone and and try new things, new vocal ranges, new way of singing? Like, what did you do? I think by by either the, our second record or our third record, I definitely found my voice and what I think I wanted to do and kind of like started to build my own legacy as a singer and as a vocalist. So it was interesting going into this record to see like, what am I going to do differently? And am I going to try something or do I stick to it? Like, cause it's not broken. Why try to fix it? But also I'm not getting any younger. We're also, we're not the young, new, exciting, fresh pop punk band anymore. We have to like cement our, like what we are and kind of carry the torch now and make a statement um but singing doesn't get any easier as you get older so i found out that like when we're when i was younger and we first started touring our asses off playing like two three hundred shows a year i didn't really have to take care of my voice back then because i was so young and like excited about playing now we're playing longer sets and voices change as you get older so like this is actually my first time now like taking vocal lessons and taking care of my body and like preserving my career because i want to be able to do this as long as i can um it was interesting right towards the started was the only time I first first started like having like, you know, stamina issues and stuff like that due to like excessive touring. We just like run ourselves ragged kind of. So it was actually a blessing in disguise. The Not really, but like as far as my vocal stuff goes, like it was nice to take a step back, take a time out, you know, kind of turn down a little bit and like take a break and, and rest up and you know get some knowledge in me i have a really awesome vocal coach now her name is wendy parr and she's like taught me so much about like the things i need to do on the day to day and like working out and making sure that that's a thing and going and now and that totally showed going into the record when i stepped into the vocal booth i i felt way more prepared and like especially over the past like three years it was the first time i was like oh this feels like i've earned this you know it doesn't feel like i've just been given this like you're a rock star now like enjoy it man like it feels like i've paid the dues now and uh it, it's a little bit more rewarding this time but as far as like techniques and stuff it allowed me to then take what i knew i was good at and control it more and try some newer things maybe try higher songs like since we had more time to with something like everybody and i also think maybe like just sound which is another one of the uh singles that we have we i think we may have recorded a version of that song like a half step or a full step lower than what I was capable of. It, like it gave us that opportunity to then say, I think I could belt this higher. And then we like re-record stuff like a higher key so that I can then go in there and sing it higher and it makes it sound better. Ultimately we're a being those two after and we're like, yeah, that was way worth it. Like it's awesome to be able to do those things now. At the same time, like you, you're, you have these like so many, I mean, four collaborations, I feel like is a lot for, for a record. People don't normally do, or artists don't normally do that. And you got to bring four different artists uh, on board with this new album. Why did you feel like it was right to have four people and not just like one collaboration? I think we'd never really tried the whole feature game before. I think we've done like, a, like one song here, one song there. 
But um, I think uh, going along with the vibe and the mission statement of this album and the uh, aesthetic of it, where we're kind of like diving into like the modern scene of what this pop punk revival is and like like the hip hop style of like, you know, on hip hop records, there's a feature on every song. So it's like I think we're just like not limiting ourselves in any way. Some songs called for it. Some songs we didn't want to like force it. But I'm glad we took the time and said, like, oh, let's try some of these features. This is the most the most amount of features we've ever done on an album. And particularly the one that I think we're we're stoked on all of them pretty equally. But having having Ben Barlow on everybody, but you really made the song come to life. And what I think is going to cement it as like a, a scene anthem, if you will, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have two of the greatest uh, pop punk vocalists in one track. And I feel like it's like the perfect way. Uh, what was this collaboration like? Um, you know, obviously there was not much travel going on. So, you know, I'm assuming this was all through Zoom, but what was that vibe like while you guys were recording and working with Ben? I don't think it was even Zoom. We've been boys for so long where it was just like, but we hadn't really talked in a while, uh, myself and Ben. But when we had the idea, I think I sent him the song without his verse in it. And was just, and I, he might've been like in the studio himself working on new neck deep stuff. So I was like, I know you're busy, man just tell me if you're down with this or not. But he sent right back, like right away afterwards. He was just like, the song is sick. We have to do this. You know that everyone's going to love this. So, and, and, and uh, I think it maybe only took like one or two tries, like of, of me sending an idea that I was like, what do you think about this vibe? And like, t- like kind of scatting little ideas to him in the, in the thing. But then he totally took it and made it his own. He's so talented, man. And I'm glad he kind of like understood the assignment with what we're trying to do with this record. It's like bring a modern, like almost like, you know, upbeat, like, like word for word, wordplay style, like almost like a hip hop thing. Because like, if you take the vocals away from this song, it can almost sound like a, <laughs> people have been joking that it sounds like a Smash Mouth song or <laughs> like a Sugar Ray song or something. So, or, but then it like, it obviously kicks you in the ass. So it's like, it was cool to see what he could come up with. And it's a little bit outside of the box for just doing like a, like a eight bar little like hip hop verse for him. But he killed it. He did such a good job. And uh, we knew, once it was done and i think like through text and stuff we we're just like yeah this one's gonna go huh and so it's, it's exciting to now see everybody listening to it finally and it's not just our friends behind the scenes that we've been like yo check this out wait till this drops you know like it's out there and the numbers are showing and uh we're excited to get back at it and we want to play it live too i think that's gonna go off now, the fact that this was done you know at a time where again no live shows no tours no nothing was going on how are you able to still give us when we listen to this new song we still get that whole live show aspect like that energy is still you know clearly there so what was that like during the recording process because i feel like if when you don't have that live aspect it's kind of hard to have that feeling come out that emotion um did that affect you during the recording process i think it's funny that you asked that because i think it almost affected us in a good way i think since it was taken away from us and we weren't on tour and we weren't able to like say sometimes we've been on tour and been in a writing process and we can try stuff like on stage at soundcheck we can even throw in new songs while we're on a tour just to see how a crowd reacts and we've done that before but obviously that's no option this time around in the past couple of years during so i think since it was taken away from us we missed it so much that during writing songs and writing processes and jamming stuff out we're thinking about oh man, this one's going to do this live, or this is going to be the jumper. This one's going to be the hands up one. This one's going to be circle pit song. 
And we think about that all the time we go on tour when we're making a, tr- a set list. It's like you can't you can't put too many jump songs in a row. You can't have too many circle pits. You got to space them out. And you, it's got to be a nice dynamic, a roller coaster ride. That's just how we have to think as a pop punk band, because like the live show is what I think is most important. Um, and we always say that we'd rather have someone learn about us and hear us for the first time at a live show because it gives you that full experience. So we can't help but think about that when we're going into writing an album. So since it, like I said, since it was taken away from us and uh, we, it wasn't there for this process, we couldn't help but think about it and, and plan accordingly for when it's going to come back. And I think that shows when people will hear the album. What was the biggest challenge that you guys faced like during the, either the writing or the production process of, of the new album? I think the, the hardest part was probably picking a track list because we had so many ideas, like I said. <laughs> so, so literally, we, we, it was funny. We wrote every, every song idea on a flashcard, like, and we, we put them all over the studio floor and on the, on the like, big center table in the control room. So we would try, we would put a bunch of them out in like sets of 10 or 15, and then we'd go back into the control room computer and set them up in a playlist and listen to them. And then sometimes some would stick out and be like, no, that one doesn't fit there. We got to change it around. And we had never had the time to do that before because we have of deadlines and and just go, go, go. It's very fast paced on the regular for us. That's what we've known. But since we had so much time, we could then go back and thank God we had that time. If we didn't and there was deadlines, every maybe a song like Everybody But You doesn't get written. And like that's that's a bad moment in, for history of state champs. So thank God we had the time. Um, but yeah, that was probably the most challenging, but also the most rewarding and the most um creative for us as well it had it had goods it had it had pros and cons throughout the whole time you mentioned earlier that uh you you now think about because of drew folk you think about um the way he works uh when you're also like co-producing other artists the fact that you co-produce other artists or produce other artists how does that impact you when you're in the studio now creating state champs um because I'm sure, you know, you're teaching other people how to do things, but I'm sure you're learning from new artists as well. So do you feel like that's impacted you in, in, in any way with uh, this upcoming record? I think no matter what, being in the studio in a creative process, you're going to learn something every single time. But um, and, and that's what that's why I love to do it. I love being in a studio and just in a room where some where an end product is being made musically. I think that's the, the most fun part about being in a band. Um, as well as the live show, obviously. But it really does help me after being like, because making champ stuff is so stressful because it's mine. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know, I've got three other guys that were all equal parts to it. So decision making and getting everybody on the same page and that kind of thing. Obviously, it's fun, but it's a big puzzle sometimes. And we've been doing it so long that we're like, you know, we can hang and we can create like brothers. But we can also get at each other's throats and we can have arguments like brothers while when it comes to the the creative process. So when it when when I'm writing or producing other bands and other artists and trying to develop them myself, it's a lot less stressful and a little more freeing for me uh, where I can just kind of like put my two cents in and try to create a vibe and, uh, you know, offer things. But it's not to the point where I'm like, you know, as crazy attached to it because I'm trying to follow what a band wants to do or what an artist is trying to emulate. So um, I can take the stressful parts of what I do with Champs and then add it to a more creative and 
open world society like when it's when it's with another band or an artist and vice versa you know like i can make i can make things like a little more calm and stuff coming back to the champs thing and be like guys it's not that crazy it's not that deep like let's just try these things and if it doesn't work it doesn't work you know sometimes we're as as state champs we're kind of afraid to try something because we're afraid that we'll like it or that we'll get stuck with it and that just goes along with the fact that there's no right or wrong way to make a song so Sometimes you got to just like swallow your pride and be, be open to trying things. Cause you never know. You got to take swings, take as many swings as you can. And eventually you're going to hit a home run. Sometimes we forget about that as musicians. Yeah. And when trying things, uh, did you find yourself trying new ways of recording sounds, uh, for this particular album? And if so, like, what did you guys do differently? Yeah. I mean, one thing in particular, um, is just like when you have an idea, make sure you get it down or you're going to forget it. <laughs> like that's a, that's a big thing that happened with us on Kings of the new age. Like, Oh, what was that thing? We were just, we were just singing. We were just scatting. So we had our phones out all the time. And we we're like, even though we're in a studio, we're in a, we're in a professional recording studio. We can hit record. Right. No, no, no. We always have our phones out and we're like, we're doing voice notes on everything. Like scap it up that or like, like riffs or little drum fills. And with the everybody, but you, acoustic intro like right away it's enough is enough with with acoustic guitar playing and in the verses it's doom boom 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 that's all recorded that's me playing on an iphone that's not even playing into a microphone it's like that was airdropped from my phone on a voice note into to drew's computer and that's what's on the song so people are like this is the best sounding pop punk song i've ever heard it's like yeah it's an acoustic guitar on an iphone bro so like people don't even realize that but that was something where it's like you know, you would never know, but it, that gave us that sound. Like, I think if we had taken the time and like set it up really nice and like it was warm and shiny, it wouldn't give us that Kings of the New Age like like style, like aesthetic that we wanted for that. We wanted it to sound kind of like shitty, but ultimately then it's going to kick you in the ass. So that's a funny dynamic. And I forgot about that until now. That's 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 amazing. I mean, we've gone a long way since the A track, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. But it brought us that's that's the old school meets new school, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm excited for this album, man. Like uh, for you personally, like what excites you most about this record? Um, is there like a particular track that you feel uh, most excited about? Or is it just like the experience that you had during this process? I think it's the roller coaster that is the album, like dynamically song by song. Like, obviously, I've been so ready for people to hear everybody but you because I think it's the one that hits hardest and is like the it, it completely tells what we're trying to do um, with this album. But um, there's such a flip of the switch as you listen to some other songs on the record that I think the fans will be stoked about. The track that features Chris, Chrissy Costanza is called Half Empty, and it's like such a different style song but it's got the same amount of energy that something like everybody but you has it's kind of darker and it sounds like a like it could be a stadium rock song but then it's got this powerful heartbreak vibe like back and forth duet style in the bridge and like that sounds like a movie trailer but that's what it is like it, it's really cool and then we have um songs like eventually which is the second song on the record that's like that sounds like it could actually be on like our second record around the world and back. It like reminds me of some of my favorite songs that we've done. It takes me back to like a losing myself that we did before, like even a song like simple existence from our first record. Like I think the hardcore diehard state champs fans are going to love songs like that. But then there's another like super poppy vibey dancey song called act like that, that featured Mitchell Tenpenny, who's a country artist 
there's no boundaries on this record. Like everyone, like everyone's looking at the track list, like what the hell? Some of that stuff doesn't make sense. And if you listen to some of these songs separately, it might not sound like it makes sense, but if you listen to it, like as a whole, it's just a bunch of awesome songs that make sense sounding next to each other. And that I'm excited for the fans to interpret themselves and relate to it in their own way. And that's the best part about making an album and releasing it is hearing how everybody relates to that stuff. And it might not be anything close to what it means to me, but that's the joy of it, isn't it? You know, exactly. Well, like I said, I'm super excited about this before I, ra- I wrap up. Uh, I do want to go back to 2017 when you guys uh, did uh, punk goes pop and you did nice. the, um, you pretty much recreated Sean Mendez's stitches. Um, to date, I still listen to that, and to date, I still feel like it's uh, better than the original. Oh, dude, thanks. <laughs> but, you know, take me into that process with Mike Green and, and kind of recreating this song. Um, you know, how did you break it down, and how did you build it back up to, to make it what we hear today? It's so funny because that song is such a smash by itself, but now it's like, how do we make these big guitars, like, make that work in this? Mike Green is really good at that. He's, like, one of my favorite producers to work with, and that's why we've stuck with working with him every time we make a record. Um, You know, we're listening to, like, how that, like, pretty classical guitar starts in Stitches, the original song, and then Mike Green's got a guitar, and he just starts going, he's, like, got his hands like this because he writes all these crazy power chords but ultimately can sound like a state champ song. So we knew right away. We're like, yep, let's do that. <laughs> and then I get in the, vo- I get in the vocal booth and I'm like, how's this going to even sound with me singing it? Um, that was a cool process. It's very freeing doing stuff like that because we know it's not going to sound anything like the original song. So um, I think we did that in about one day as well. And we, Evan was really excited to put drums on this because it's not really, it doesn't really have that much drums on the song. And he was like, I'm going to rip over this whole thing. And he does. That whole song is like a drum solo for Evan. But um, I'm just glad that people like thought it was cool. You know, that like, doing the Punkos pop thing, we weren't, we weren't strangers to before because we had done one a couple years back. But this time it was our second time, like recreating a pop song into a state champ song. So we knew the things that worked from the last one and like what we wanted to try differently this time. And, and I think that was, that goes along with the Kings of the new age thing. It's like, don't stress about it. Just have fun with it. If you have fun with it and you're not worried about like, oh, are people really going to like this? Like it usually shows when we make something they're like, when we, when we go back and we're like, damn, that one didn't take that long. We just like beasted that. We did it in like two hours. It shows. And like other ones were like, oh man, I wish we could have done that differently. And those are the songs that like we stressed about and took us like weeks in advance, like weeks at a time. So it was really fun. But it's funny. Stitches is still our number one most listened to song on Spotify. So I guess I have to thank you for that, man. We're trying to overtake it. We're, we're, we're starting Operation uh, Debunk Stitches. We need yeah, to right? get it out of the number one song. So stop listening to it, bro. Listen to, it. listen to everybody but you. <laughs> But well, I, dude, I think that I think that'll only happen as, the, yeah. as more songs get released, and, and, yeah. and it already is. Like everybody, but he's climbing the ranks. Exactly. Now I'm gonna switch it. So I, I promise I'll stop I'm just listening kidding, to no, stitches. Man. It's all good. Thanks for listening. <laughs> well, I uh, thank you again for reuniting with me, Derek. Uh, congratulations with this new release, and I'm looking forward to Kings of the New Age dropping on May 13th. And uh, yeah, thanks again for taking the time to talk to me. Thanks a lot, bro. It's always good to see you. Hey, it's Rob again. If you enjoyed this interview, please follow for more and I invite you to head over to my YouTube channel, Front Row Live ENT, where I have thousands of video interviews with my favorite new and established artists. Once again, thank you for tuning in and have a great night.